listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 217. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the... You've been working hard and kind of look like it, but nobody can see because this is a podcast. John yeah. Brownstone. Dust, the dusty John Brownstone. You're the dusty John Brownstone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk more about that mm-hmm. later, but you're most definitely. Yeah. But I still love you. Dusty and crusty. That is also true. There you go. I'm probably grumpy. Mm. I still love you. Good thing. Should we get into the show now? Go ahead. Okay. This week, we're going to bust and break and tear apart as many BDSM myths and misconceptions that we or other people have thought of in an hour. We're going to like see how many we can get through and not make this a five-hour podcast episode. Welcome to the Loving BDSM Podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us. You can follow the show on Twitter at lovingbdsm, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS and the number one, LovingDS1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash lovingbdsm, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday, usually, except we're about to take a break. We'll talk more about that in a minute. All links are in the show notes. As always, a thank you to our kinky peeps on Patreon, our proud crickets. We love you, we love you, we love you. Yes, Thank we do. you for joining us. Thank you for supporting the work that we do. Um, and I just want to say that, and if you are even remotely curious, it's patreon.com slash Lords. Uh, patreon.com slash lords but that's okay if you're not it's fine we just like to say thank you okay so before we get into the topic uh i have announcements and i have reminders the reminders are really quick same as they've been you're gonna get really fucking tired of me saying it except we're about to go on something and be gone so you won't get to hear it for a couple weeks anyway many episodes of the podcast go out every tuesday i have managed to keep them all to under 20 minutes i mean we come right up to the line sometimes it's 19 and some seconds i'm proud of you trying i'm trying um we are still doing our friday night live streams on youtube Mm -hmm. where we just hang out last week it was two and a half hours it was midnight our time before we finally stopped talking (laughs) and then we kept talking in the bed because we were so keyed up you were a part of the conversation um, and then just as a reminder for people who care about these things, because I'm still figuring it out, we do now offer Discord through our Patreon, patreon.com slash Lords. Okay. Announcements. We are, after this live stream slash podcast episode, depending on how you are hearing this out of my voice right now, we are going on a two-week hiatus. The week before the move, the week of the move. The move is tentatively May 13th. The only way that will be different is if a mover goes, actually, I can do May 12th, or I can actually do May 14th. I can't do May 13th. But that week, and May 13th, I think, is a Wednesday that week. But we are, at this point, at our wit's end, trying to get everything done and still sit down for a midday live stream. And I can't do more than one 9 o'clock at night live stream in a week. (laughs) I just don't have it. So the mini episodes will still go out because I've pre-recorded those. Those are easy to do. Um, the Friday night live stream hangouts on YouTube will still happen because the timing of those ends up being perfect. Mm -hmm. The one after the move might look the funkiest because we might not have the office fully set up yet. It might just be us sitting on a floor for all I know, but we are still going to do that. Um, and of course discord and Patreon and all that's always still going on. Um, but yeah, there will be for a couple weeks, there won't be a newsletter. There won't, there just, there won't be anything except things that we can are easy to do. So... Mm -hmm. 
no long podcast episodes slash long live stream episodes for two weeks after this current week that we're in. Um, if you happen to be one of our patrons, and I, I've already announced it in Patreon, but I like to do it here because not everybody is like living in their Patreon feed. Um, we did also postpone the monthly live Q&A that we do every month mm -hmm. because it was supposed to be this coming Saturday and I thought my head was going to explode and it's <clears> going to be after the move now when we're on the good, good internet. So those are the announcements that I can think of. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to get into some myth busting and some misconception busting. And I fully admit that part of, there's two reasons for this episode. One, I was looking for something that was fun and easy because we're tired. Um, <laughs> and two, I was really inspired by uh, Ignixia on Twitter who was sort of busting some misconceptions that are out there mm -hmm. and talking through them. Uh, one about this idea that submission is always a gift. Uh, the other one she was talking about on Twitter, at Ignixia, if you're not following her and you're on Twitter, I highly recommend it. Um, the other one about safe words versus the word no. Um, and it was really good conversation to have and I was like, yeah, I used to think that and I don't think that anymore. And oh yeah, I used to think that and I don't think that anymore. Um, and so I thought, well, let's kind of go through some of them. Um, the other thing I want to make sure we say, and I think it's kind of a disclaimer. So stereotypes, cliches, even myths exist because, for a lot of reasons. One of which is because sometimes that thing is true for us as an individual, but just because something is true for us does not mean it's true for everybody. And that's where it tends to get raised to myth status and then we have to bust them because people hear these things and go wait i must be broken because that does not apply to me when actually it applies to like a very narrow portion of the population mm -hmm. but it's been treated like fact so if we say something that we consider a myth or a misconception that is true for you we are not saying that it is not true for you what we are mm -hmm. saying is it is not a universal truth so does that seem fair? Yeah. Okay, so uh, I was uh, not going to rely on my faulty memory at this point. <laughs> um, these are not all of them. These are probably the ones I typed out real quick are probably not even all the ones we will come up with. Yeah. But we had to start somewhere. And losing my train of thought when I'm ranting or rambling about a personal life story is one thing. Losing my train of thought. And here are some BDSM myths. Not a good luck. So I've broken them up into categories. Right. And since Ignixia's conversation about safe words and safety sort of spurred me to go, yeah, let's talk about these things. That's where we're going to start. All right. Okay. Um, so two of these myths, I think, go together. So I'm going to say them both. Okay. One is you always have to have a safe word and safe words are all that matter. They sound like they seem to say the same thing. Mm -hmm. They say slightly different things. So. You don't always have to have a safe word for a couple of reasons. One, until you negotiate a safe word, no. Is, is not a safe word. No, <laughs> until you negotiate your safe word. If you have not had a conversation about a safe word, no is what, no should be no, okay? Yes, absolutely. Two, some people don't do words for different reasons. They need mm -hmm. gestures, they need something else. So always saying safe word is sort of limiting. Mm -hmm. um three 
not everybody wants a safe word and they're still kinky they're still into bdsm that's, that's still a power exchange it's not a requirement some people start out using them and then they just kind of drift to the wayside especially right. if they play with the same partner exactly at the same time technically technically we use the green the color system the green light system mm -hmm. green means go yellow means slow down red means stop so technically red is my safe word you want to know why I almost never have to use it? Because John Brownstone does not wait for me to safe word. He constantly checks in. So Because I know her. But also that is a good practice to get into it is. for doms and tops. If you keep wailing on somebody constantly just, and you're like, regardless of the body cues they're giving me, regardless of the way that this went from a pleasurable sound to a freaked out sound, I have to wait. I can only stop if mm -hmm. I hear a specific word. That's how people get hurt and traumatized, True. quite frankly. So a best practice is to check in. Right. And and for me, I like the way I ask and the reaction I get from her when I do. Oh, yeah. That's part of the sexy part. That's totally part of the sexy part for us. Give me a color, baby girl. <laughs> Don't be doing all that now. This is not the place for me to get all worked up. <laughs> not the place not the place <laughs> and but you know we play we that becomes part of the scene too because if i'm having like a defiant kind of sassy moment i'll throw out some random shit but also if i can't even speak you mm. stop everything because at that point i can no longer communicate so i right. can no longer keep myself safe if he was like well i didn't hear a safe word and kept on going he could really hurt me exactly. and instead we base it on how well I can even communicate. For some people, they don't even like to play with a safe word because a safe word means they've gone too far and they never want to go too far. Some people only use their safe word to play to the edge of their limits. Like there's no, I guess my whole point is there's no hard and fast rule about safe words. If you have not had the conversation about safe words in your dynamic, it, no is enough. Mm -hmm. Being Saying no means everything should stop regardless. We joke that no is not a safe word because we've negotiated a safe right. word. We know how we're going to play. Um, under safety, this one is one that was a learning experience for me. Mm -hmm. All you need to know about safety, this is a myth, a misconception. All you need to know is safe, sane, and consensual. Yeah, that, that pretty much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. here okay <laughs> that works for us remember right. what i said I where you're gonna hear remember john brownstone when i said you're gonna hear me say something that is true for you <laughs> but it is not a universal <laughs> truth that's why these things are misconceptions we work very well with safe sane and consensual because yeah. for us we are on the same page about what those were safe and sane mean true. um other people have adopted uh, rack, risk aware, consensual kink, mm -hmm. or they've taken it a slight step further, prick, which cracks me up, but yeah. it's personal responsibility. I can't remember. Informed uh, consensual cons kink. Yes. Ooh, I did blank out. Mm -hmm. um, being very clear about safety and what it means to be safe and what it means to be sane is key. Um, if you hear the term safe, sane, and consensual, and it just rubs you the wrong way, you're not, you've done nothing wrong. 
there are other options. I think there mm. might even be one beyond prick, but I can't think of it, and there I haven't is, heard it I, enough. I, I, there is. It's fairly new, and I cannot remember it Anybody who knows either, yeah. better than us, feel free to reach out in whichever way you like mm -hmm. to reach out and educate us, because I think it's out there, but I, it's not off the tip of my tongue like others are. Um, ultimately, you don't have to have a cutesy little phrase about your own safety and what it means to you to be to be safe for yourself and to be safe with a partner. Um, I know I've watched people visibly cringe over safe, sane, and consensual. They yeah. really don't like it. And I'm over here going, I love it. Safe, sane, and consensual. And it did take me a while to kind of wrap my head around the fact that, one, it's perfectly okay to have different ways of exploring mm -hmm. safety and defining it for yourself. And two, that it's okay that we really identify with safe, sane, and consensual and that other people don't. And that's also valid. Mm -hmm. So that if, if all you think is safe, sane, and consensual, that's really a misconception. There's a lot more to it, and there right. can be a lot more to it. Can you think of any other safety myths or misconceptions that come to mind while we're in this category? Mm, not really. I think that no. pretty much. I feel like, yeah, I think that probably the big one is that it's not a weakness um, to check in with your partner while you're no, doing the thing. No, absolutely not. Um, and also that... Um, you know, a part of the responsibility, we're going to get into myths and misconceptions about dominance, but part of the responsibility of being the top or the dominance in that situation is taking care of the person that you're, you know, doing fun, kinky, but potentially harmful things to risky mm -hmm. things with. And, um, if you step, think you can just sit back and wait for them to give you a magic word and you are somehow, um, uh, you don't bear no responsibility as long as you never hear that word. I, get the fuck away from me. You're mm -mm, not with me. Not with me. That's not how we play in. Um, I, I think it's very dangerous. Okay, next topic. Okay. Dominance. Mm. Here's one. Total myth. It's not a myth. It's a misconception. It's too, I think what it is, is it's too generic. Mm. And it's too, it has no nuance to it. And you know me, I like nuance. I like subtlety. I like context. All doms are strong, silent, steely, blah, blah, blah. They have no emotions. They shouldn't show their emotions. Well, I broke that mold all to hell. I know. It's part of why I love you. <laughs> I like that you can be soft and tender, and I like that you're willing to cry, even if I'm laughing at you for what you're crying about, because I am that bitch. Um, I, you know, if you didn't have a sense of humor, we wouldn't work well together. Scorpio bitch from hell. I am, but I'm fun and lovable, so it's okay. Yes. It's part of my charm. <laughs> so, and I also think that when we say something like, well, all dominants are supposed to be, supposed to be strong. Well, what does that even mean? Like, what does strength mean to you versus what it means to me? Strength to me is, is being vulnerable. That's a strength. Yeah. Strength to me is being able to hear a hard thing and not lose your shit over it. Strength to me is taking responsibility for your own actions. Like, that's what strength means to me. But when I hear this out there and it's usually accompanied by a headless um, cisgender man in a suit, uh, black and white, his <laughs> hand is either on a, a wild animal or a kneeling human. Mm -hmm. um, and that's supposed to convey strength. It's oh. like, but what do you what do you mean by that? And, and the other caveat to add to this is. Dominants are never wrong. Oh, God, I hate that one. <laughs> Ugh, um, get the fuck away from me with that. A dominant is always right or a dominant is never wrong. Myth yeah. slash misconception. Mm -hmm. 
the easiest way for me to know you are an unsafe individual is for you to actually with with your whole chest tell me how you are never wrong about nothing go the fuck away we are all wrong all the time about something um and quite frankly the best way i ever learned to trust you were those times you were like i fucked up i was wrong Mm -hmm. i apologize um or my favorite and this is one that's hard for people of all parts of humanity it's not just a dom or something for you to go i don't know you know to think that you you know people in general this is not specific to power exchange it does tend to present most often in the dominant types, but for those people who really try to walk through this life thinking that they either think they always have to have all the answers or they always have to be right or they just are right mm-hmm. because they have graced themselves with a title. Whew, I just, I know those people exist, but I don't have time for them. That's an that's a level of arrogance that gets people hurt, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. Not here for it. I want you to admit that you can be wrong. I want you to admit that I might know something more than you do, better mm. than you do, that I might have a strength you don't have. Like that's, right. one, that's how trust is built. Two, that lets me know that I'm safe. If we do this risky thing that is BDSM together, mm-hmm. you are gonna own your mistakes. You're gonna be cautious. You're gonna ask me questions. You're gonna respect my humanity, not just my submission, not right. just, you know, there's like it, so much, yeah, it, it encompasses so many things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't like that one. I mean, even though I, I had been in the kink lifestyle before you, there were still things I didn't I didn't know, things I've never done. We learned together. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I always, I find that I have more fun when I learn with you. Mm-hmm. Because then when we, like, mess up or misinterpret something or we're like, oh, we both read that wrong, we laugh together. Mm-hmm. And, and it takes some of the burden off of you because here's this one's not in my notes and I don't know that I can package it in a cute little pithy myth, but basically this idea that dominants are supposed to know quote everything or, and submissives are only supposed to know what their dominants teach them. What? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I I told you very early on in the beginning when we first started um, forming a, a DS bond, I told you, said, do not put me on a pedestal because I am going to fuck up. And Yeah, and, and, and I recognize, because I still remember early days of submission, I also know the power that is sub-frenzy. Many mm-hmm. of us, not all, but many of us in a submissive role will do that when we feel this really strong connection with our dominant partner. We we maybe we love them maybe we just really admire them maybe we're just so grateful to them because of what they're helping us experience or feel and we can't put them on a pedestal i did it to you even though you were telling me not to i still did it and the first time you kind of really fucked up that was that made it harder because it wasn't then we had to deal with the the fuck up which you dealt with gracefully Mm -hmm. you were fine we were fine but then I had to deal with my own emotions of, wait, what do you mean he's not perfect? Well, of course he's not perfect. No dominant, no person is perfect. No dominant is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of my attraction to you is the fact that you have the ability to to be humble and to show humility. And I know that for some people, the kind of the game, the show, the role play of DS, and there is an element to that for some people, is very much this this bravado, this, this confidence, this egotism. And... If that's hot to you in the scene, great. But in practice, when you're actually dealing with 
two human beings navigating a relationship, I just don't see how that works day to day in every moment of life. I think that's when people get hurt. And also, um, I'm not here for anybody thinking I should not educate myself on how these things work or that I'm capable of educating myself on how these things work. And another myth slash misconception, it's not a myth, it's more of a misconception, is this idea that, um, and I know it happens and it happens for different reasons, but when a dominant partner is, um, feels very insecure because their submissive partner maybe has more experience or knows more than they do Mm -hmm. about the lifestyle, about the activity. I can understand that feeling weird when what you both want is for the dominant partner to be leading on something. I think that's a common feeling, but to believe that the dominant partner should always know more just leaves out a whole lot of kinky goodness because Mm -hmm. we are all limited to what we can know at any given time and we don't always know what we don't know. And I've met 30 year lifestyle kinksters who they only knew the one thing. And if all that's all they ever wanted to do, great, be the expert in the one thing, but I couldn't have partnered with them because I wanted to explore other things. And Mm -hmm. if all they were willing to do was the thing they knew about, that's very limiting. So I'm on a tear and a rant this episode. It's like this topic take, was made for that. That didn't take long. <laughs> it did didn't not take, take long, long at all. Um, I want to talk about, and this I see this a lot less often um, in conversations about power exchange or even BDSM that are centered around relationships. I see it more often mm-hmm. in play partners or even... Um, more casual things but it's this idea usually directed at a a dominant that they should never get too attached to their submissive partner i mean there's no requirement we all get married and live together have babies together that would be Mm. a sad world if there was that requirement there's not a requirement that you spend every waking moment talking to one another if that's not the relationship you want to create or form but to not get it, I mean, attachment is such a personal thing. And true. how am I gonna define attachment for anybody else? I might want a different kind of attachment than a partner is willing to give me, but it doesn't make you less dominant to really care about your submissive partner. Quite frankly, in most situations, I think the power exchange and the, the kinky fuckery is better when you at least genuinely care about them as a human being. Sure. Minimum, I mean, bare minimum. And this is, this is me, and I think I have said this before, but I'll say it again. Um, whether I'm playing with, with you mm-hmm. or, or somebody else, I want to know them. At least it, on some level, on, some on, connection. On, sure, on, sure. Have, have some level of connection with, with that person. Mm-hmm. Because it, to me, it, if I know them, what makes them tick, what, what they like, what they don't want, you, even outside of kink, it helps me to give them what they need mm-hmm. out, of, mm-hmm. out of the scene, out of whatever it is. And, and I think for the way you and I can connect with people, I think that's very valid. And I will even admit that not everybody connects with the people they get kinky with that way. And that's also valid, but to say that mm-hmm. You shouldn't ever get attached that somehow you're doing dominance wrong because you got too attached. 
what? I mean, I have gotten questions from submissives who have either been told by the air quote dominant in their life or somewhere in their com community online or in person, they've literally been told, oh, well, your dominant can never love you or they're not really a dominant. Yeah. What the, f what the fuck? Mm -hmm. What, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there, there are dominants who believe that they cannot form any kind of attachment with their, with their sub or masochist because it, it takes away from. And here's the thing. If you believe that to be true for yourself as an individual and you mm -hmm. are having the safe and healthy and consensual kink experiences you want as an individual, cool. You do you. Yeah. Okay. But to then extrapolate that out to everybody. I mean, I have just met too many people who literally were like, I can't possibly be a real dom because, and then they just laundry list all these myths out there yeah. about what a real dom is like. And it's like, fuck that shit. You know, all it that require it's required to be a dominant in a situation or a relationship. Cause you know, I, I feel like I say this, I need to say this more often switches exist, right? Mm -hmm. So you might only be dominant in the situation and not all the time. The only thing that re that's required for that is the consent of your partner to allow you to take control. Yeah. That's it. Whatever that looks like, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. So this whole, I can't get too attached. I got to know everything. I can never admit when I'm wrong. I <laughs> never show emotion. Ugh, throw that shit out the fucking window. We are people first and we are people relating to different people in different ways that are supposed to be fulfilling to everybody concerned. Oh, apparently this, yeah, I think I needed a good rant. I'm really glad I went with this topic. Good rant. You're rolling from one to the next to the next. I know. How long can the outrage last? <laughs> uh, we're only in our third topic of submission. Right. So here's one that, that hurts more than it annoys because when I hear it, I hear it said from a submissive. Yeah. All submissives are needy. Alternately, I also hear... Submissives are, uh, I am too needy. Yes. All submissives are too uh. needy. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> Ooh, are we going to get a John Brownstone rant? <laughs> we got a John Brownstone growl. I'll take it. Okay, so here's the thing. Being, quote, needy is not an inherently bad thing. No. Needing something from a partner is kind of how it goes sometimes especially in power exchange or in kink situations because mm -hmm. we are two sides of a same coin, right? You cannot submit if somebody is not willing to dominate. You cannot receive a spanking unless somebody's willing to give you a spanking. Sometimes you do it to yourself. You're both the giver and the receiver, but mm -hmm. in terms of when there are multiple people involved, you can't do the thing that you want to do that helps you feel fulfilled without somebody helping provide that. So, and that works both ways. So in some ways we're all needy. What most people mean is really emotional and expressive about the things we want. And typically when we hear it in a negative way, mm -hmm. it's from a partner who is probably not a good fit for us and is overwhelmed and can't either isn't aware or can't just say, you're a cool person, but I want different things than you. So what they do is they deflect and they put it back on a submissive to go, well, you're just too fucking needy if you weren't so emotional. And so then this myth just permeates out there. That and I, I, I have heard that so many times from so many submissives. You know, 
oh, he left me because I'm so needy. He, he can't handle me because I'm so needy. No. What that freaking comes down to is he or that person, whoever they are, does not want to put in the time and effort. And sometimes it's because you're not compatible. True. You want different things in life, and it's really hard to have those conversations. And instead of having those conversations, people say things like that. When the reality is, we're not a good fit. I need to go find somebody who wants to give the things I want to receive, mm -hmm. who also wants to receive the things I want to give. Um, also, wanting your partner to acknowledge your existence once a day does not make you needy. <laughs> so I yeah. feel like putting that out there mm -hmm. in the world. Oh my God. Um, and I am needy. Okay, I want my partner's attention. I want their validation. Mm -hmm. I don't need their, maybe I'm wanty, okay, <laughs> rather than needy. But there are things, I have expectations of what I will receive in a relationship. Now, one, I have to learn how to communicate those things. Yes. Two, I need to find a partner who is willing to give those things to me. Uh, but three, I also have to be willing to give as much as I receive. It's a give and take. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not ashamed of the fact that I need John Brownstone's attention and affection, and I expect it, and I want it. And if I'm not getting it, you best damn be sure I am annoyed as fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, other partners couldn't handle that. They That would be too much for them. That's okay. That's cool. Maybe I have a different connection with another partner because I don't need the same thing from them, see? Um, but there's no inherent shame in being needy. There absolutely is something wrong with not respecting another person's boundaries and constantly demanding things that they have explicitly communicated to you that they cannot provide. That's something completely different. And yes, there are submissives out there who will just bound right on through the things you've said and they'll just rip down the boundaries you're trying to put up and ignore the fuck out of them. Those people do exist, okay? But just because you have things you want from a partner does not mean that you are needy in some automatically negative way and too needy to ever have a lasting relationship or have the kinky fuckery you want. Oh, I'm trying to make my throat hurt with my own rants. <laughs> um, here are some others that kind of all get grouped together because they all have the same point. So I'm going to mm -hmm. say them all together. Um, no, not, I'm not, I'm not. There's two that can be grouped together, mm -hmm. not three. Submission is always sexual. Submission is always about serving. Not for everybody. Not all submission is sexual. No. Quite frankly, most of the submissive things I do are not actually sexual at all, even though I have a very clear sexual preference for being the sub or the bottom in a situation. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is definitely true. Um, also, service as part of submission is one, not a black and white kind of thing that you can define you either are or you're not. Um, also, some people don't want to serve. They want to be made to submit. Like that's an entire dynamic that oh, people yeah. can get into. So if you're like, but I don't want a list of tasks and rules and things I have to do. Does that mean I'm not submissive? No, it doesn't mean you're not submissive. It means you're not that type of submissive. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing that I've heard. Oh, okay. Never mind. That comes later. Oh, good. Um, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, I see that. Yep. Well, you can, you can skip. It's okay. No, no, go ahead. 
well, that's all I have to say about all oh. that. Mark, partly because we have these conversations all the time, y'all. Yeah. We actually talk about what it means to, you know, from our perspective, to be asexual, submissive, what it means um, to try service submission. But even then, there's a huge spectrum of what that is mm -hmm. based on what works for you, what works for your partner, what works for your, not just your personality and what you want out of a relationship, but your life at the time. I mean, I try to imagine being a strict service submissive when the kids would have been like toddler age. Are, no. <laughs> I am very grateful that by the time I discovered this lifestyle and you and I got into a relationship, I d you, the kids just didn't need me as much as they yeah. do when they're younger. I know we have young parents of young kids who watch and listen and they're like, how the hell do I do it? And I'm just like, I don't know. When you figure it out, you'll make a million dollars if you write that book because <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think, I think what you do is you rely on the mental stuff and you rely on the fact that right. there are ways to have like a power exchange that are obvious to the outside world, but it's still really tough. It's just yeah. tough. Um, but yeah, there is no single definition of what it means to be a submissive. Some people would call themselves a bottom and not a submissive. Some people call themselves a submissive, but when they l talk about what that means to them, other people would go, oh, but that's more of a the definition of a bottom. I mean, labels are much more fluid than you realize. We can oh, yeah. personalize them in so many ways. So if you're not interested in a bunch of routines and tasks and rules that you have to follow, that's fine. You're still submissive. As long mm -hmm. as you are submissive in the way that fulfills you and works in your power exchange or in your kink scenes or whatever you're doing, that's exactly. all that fucking matters. That's all that fucking matters. Has, has anybody noticed a theme with that? <laughs> <laughs> um, this one goes back to, uh, technically, I think it goes back to when we were talking about dominance, about how dominance should teach their subs everything yeah. it's the idea that submissives must always be guided through these things that they they need somebody to always be leading them now i know some of y'all out there there are some submissives who are like yes please lead me okay mm -hmm. that's cool and there have been times in my life where that's exactly what i wanted that's exactly what i needed please take charge hold my hand you go first okay mm -hmm. that i mean we've done an entire episode on independent submissives right. who don't need you to guide them they need you to be a participant and we're it's a co-equal thing with a power imbalance like right. but we're still we're our humanity a negotiated makes, power imbalance yeah and our yes. humanity makes us equals mm -hmm. automatically so yeah I, I would say there are moments i need to be guided when we're doing like a rough tough scary sadomasochist thing guide my ass because i'm gonna be lost but when we're <laughs> navigating life i i don't need you to be standing in front of me guiding me through the situation to know that you're in charge and sometimes i'm better suited to being the one that takes a lead mm -hmm. in a situation like we are not you know not all submissives are frail fragile little creatures who can't survive on their own and they really need some are, some are, that's, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but not all of us, what? So, right? So don't, and this is where I get frustrated with myths and misconceptions. Don't apply a reality for some people to all people. That's some bullshit. Because mm -hmm. true. Right. Which is why people get very confused coming across us for the first time. And they say very often, are you sure you're submissive? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just not to you and not right in this moment. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so we have been talking a lot about power exchange because yeah. that's what we do. That's who we are. Mm -hmm. But let us get into the BDSM kinky fuckery. Yeah. This one, this one. I oh, think I yeah. have another one. Yes. So I'll, I'll wrap these two together. Myth, misconception. If you are kinky, if you are into BDSM, if you are power exchange, pick, pick your word. Must love pain, giving oh, or receiving. Yeah, yeah. I, I have heard and run across that a lot. Nope. If you're If you're submissive, you have to love pain. You have to be a masochist or you're not mm. really submissive. Fuck that shit no, is what true. I'm here to say. There there are many submissives who are into the power exchange aspect but are, do not like anything to do with pain. I have known masochists who love pain, give them as much as they can endure. They want <laughs> bloody stripes from the cane, but you ask them to do something in a power exchange and they will take your head off because like, that is not their thing. That's not what they're there for. Nope. So, and I do still after, I feel like after all this time and I've really only been, realized I was kinky for like what, seven, eight years. Okay. So it's really not all mm -hmm. that time. We're almost on a decade. Not quite. Um, every day I come across somebody, especially who's relatively new. It's like, but I don't like pain. Does that mean I can't be kinky? Does that mean I can't be submissive? And it's like, actually, while we love playing with that and impact play is a massive kink of ours, which right. does involve some level of pain. It doesn't necessarily have to, there are gentle ways to do impact. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't relate to not having that as an element of my kinky life. I mean, in my hierarchy of kinky needs, roughness <laughs> is like my, one of my bottom levels, my bigger chunks. I have absolutely met and gotten to know and come across many people who it's very sensual. It's very, um, or it's maybe it's bondage, which doesn't necessarily have anything to do with pain right. at all. Um, or they find other ways to play that just, it's all about sensation, but the sensation that they remove is pain. It's just not for them. It's all valid. It's all valid. It's all valid. Mm -hmm. um, the one that I wrote that also kind of goes with that. Yeah. And this is what I have struggled with. So the moment I struggle with something, I assume somebody else has too. Um, and that is if you do call yourself a masochist, but you don't love all forms of pain or extreme forms of pain, you're clearly not really a masochist. This misconception applies to any form of kink. So like, oh, are you really into bondage if you don't like shibari? Yes, you are really into bondage if you mm -hmm. don't like shibari. Am I really a masochist? Even though I'm very specific, on the types of pain I will accept and those that I will not accept. Yes, I'm still a masochist. Um, it's pick any kind of kink you're into. People will either hear, be told, or question themselves of, wait, I only like a part of it. Does that mean I don't get to claim the label or the title? Yes, you do, mm -hmm. because it is all on a spectrum from a little bit and, to a lot. Right, and that that's what it is. It is a huge spectrum. There are people who love to be flogged hard, um, I, I came across a couple a while back. Um, their entire scene was just him sensually flogging. Oh, and a sensual soft flog is nice. Yeah. There's, to yeah. me, there's no pain involved like with that. Like half hour, 45 minutes. Oh, he was like just, just sensually flogging. Oh, <laughs> <That> sounds lovely. <laughs> sounds lovely. The split bedroom yeah. plan is coming to our lives. We will get to have that soon. Um, I think that's just the thing to remember you, first of all, labels are only what we make of them. I have met many people yeah. who get really angry at having a label applied to themselves or others. They really don't like labels. And that took me a while to sort of like wrap my head around because partly because as a writer, 
I, how do we find common ground if we're not using the same language? But I also understand it because labels can be, once you define something, it can feel very limiting. Um, and this is one of those times that there's a common understood definition of masochism, of being a rope bottom, of being a rigor, of being a this, of being a that, of whatever you're doing that's kinky. And if you somehow have big parts of it, little parts of it, any part of it that you just really don't enjoy, there will be somebody who tries to negate your experience and invalidate the label that you take for yourself. Um, let this be my voice out into the world telling you that you can take that label and make it, if you choose to, to use a label, you can make it what it needs to be for you. I am a masochist who only likes and, and can tolerate for any length of time, deep thudding impact. Mm -hmm. If it stings, I'm, I don't want to play anymore. Now I'm also submissive. And part of my submission is I will endure things for my partner that mm -hmm. I don't really like because it's the endurance you, you, of it you, you that I get off it, on. You will take it for a short term towards the end after right. you're warmed up and you're... But not yeah. because I enjoy it, but because it's part of my service, because right. it's part of my submission. And so that's, you know, it's one of those things, multiple things can be true at the same time. <laughs> I can absolutely hate stinging pain and also allow it to happen for, even though I don't like it. And it's all consensual and it's all healthy for us. Mm -hmm. Um, another one, if you don't like the BDSM fuckery aspect, the kink stuff, the fetish stuff, you can't be into a power exchange. Now, of course you can be. I think it is, I don't know how common it is. I've only talked to one person who reached out and said, we don't care about impact play. We don't care about sensation play. We don't care about bondage. We don't care about anything in BDSM except for the D and the S. We only care about the power exchange. Mm -hmm. Can we still call ourselves kinky? And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course yeah. you can. Yes. Um, kink is not required for power exchange. Just like the deep kind of committed power exchange we talk about most here is not required for kink. You know, situational power exchange, topping and bottoming, absolutely. Mm -hmm. A casual one-off, you met one another, you negotiated real quick, you did the thing, absolutely, that's valid. So if you can do that in kink, why can't you flip it and go, I don't want all the, the fuckery, I just want the power exchange. I just want to be in control and I want my partner to give up control and we'll work that out between us. As long as it's consensual and everybody's getting mm -hmm. what they need from it, you do you, boo-boo. Does it fulfill you and your partner? Does right. it make you, everybody happy involved? Exactly. Then enjoy it. And I Have think fun. it's important for those of us who do enjoy the fuckery side of kink, <laughs> with or without our power exchange, to realize that that's not the only way that that gets expressed. Mm -hmm. That there are absolutely people who reject entire swaths of the kinky life and very much cherry pick exactly what they want and they, they don't need all the rest. And that is valid and that's important to remember. So I'm not gonna rant because I think, I mean, it's, it, I, it was something that I kind of went, of course that makes sense. But also in my head, I did not say this to the person, you were the first person I've met who <laughs> says this. So it's something to keep in mind. Um, here's one, here's one. Bondage always involves rope. Well, of course that's not true. Bondage always involves chains. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, so we've been doing bondage wrong. So here's the thing. I've met many people who are like, but I don't like rope. I don't like rope, so I can't be into bondage. I'm like, do you like holding down or being held down by your partner? 
Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You like bondage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like being told not to move and standing there or laying there or not moving? That's called honor bondage. You might call yourself into bondage. Not mm-hmm. liking rope does not mean you don't like bondage. Right. Bondage, like every other kink. It's like saying, I'm not into spankings, and then thinking that means you can never admit you like flogging. Or saying that you only like barehanded spanking means you're not into impact play at all. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many different ways of expressing this. Yeah. I know, and I get, and it's it's a it's a it's a much loved thing among the people that part of the community. The the rope community is its own community, yeah. and it's a rich world where you can learn from people and there's a lot of um new things to try and new things to experience and people to get to know and i mean there's so much to the rope community mm-hmm. and i have very little interest because i am a willing submissive i would never call myself a rope i'm a rope bottom because i'm the one bottoming but i'm not a rope bunny i'm i'm just a willing submissive who likes the hug <laughs> mm. and likes the little secret touches somebody always slips in when that rope is going somewhere. <laughs> um, and yet you do, you absolutely mm-hmm. will, you know, when you can try to be a part of or find your way through a rope community. Yeah. That being said. Um, I what, do miss that. I know you do. When I only considered bondage a rope thing, I really was not into it. But man, t- make it so I can't move and I'm fighting against you. I love that shit that's a form of bondage even if we don't call it that so yeah that one i hear a lot well oh you like handcuffs you like bondage tape that's not real bondage fuck that shit fuck that shit are you bound are you a little bit helpless is somebody restricting your movement bondage Mm -hmm. you're into it in some level if that's what you like i'm just saying okay um this one we have talked oh oh this one goes back to the masochist thing all doms are sadists no, they're not. No, they're not. If all subs aren't masochists, all doms aren't sadists. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into that rant. We have made that clear. Yeah. It, this, work, it works the opposite way. Yes. Yeah. Both this ways. one we have recently had a conversation about, so mm-hmm. hopefully I won't go on too much of a rant, but it is always worth saying. The myth, the misconception is this, that you can't be a dom in a relationship and bottom as part of an activity or that you can't be a submissive in a relationship and top as an activity both things are inherently untrue there 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 was a time in in the community in in certain communities through through areas where if you were a dominant if you were a top and you wanted to bottom you actually had to go to a different city different town mm, that blows my mind and because there was there was shame. You you can't you can't be a dominant and do that. Mm, I hope we have come further than those I, days. I, 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 hope, I, I hope, hope so too. I hope, I hope many so of us too. can understand. But and the first time you and I really talked about this in a podcast or a, a mm-hmm. YouTube whatever back in the archives, y'all. I don't even remember which episode it was. You'll just have to binge all of them to find it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, we started talking about it because we were getting questions from people who said, I'm the dominant, but I would love to be on the receiving end of a flogging. Mm-hmm. I really like that sensation. Or I'm a submissive, but my partner wants me to penetrate them. You know, 
that mm. makes me feel like I'm in charge of something. And we actually had to have the conversation about the power exchange element versus the activity. And the two can absolutely be separated. Now for some of us, we don't want to separate those things and it's difficult to separate those things or we're not willing and that's fine. But I mean, how many people do we know? I, I know plenty of submissives who can absolutely tie a knot they know how to use a flogger they know how to they know how to do these activities that mo many of us associate with doms or tops um and they enjoy it and they love it and they negotiate their own scenes to top it doesn't mm -hmm. make them any less submissive in a relationship just like if and we've talked about this in a couple of ways one you could bottom in an activity if you chose to you were clearly still the dominant in this relationship mm -hmm. but also we've talked about it in terms of you you could ask me to do something that is technically a topping activity, but if I do it in, in service of in, you, service. then it's still a submissive right. thing too. So like, there's a lot of like mind fucks in there. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, uh, ultimately, yes, you can be a dominant and still like to bottom in certain activities. And yes, you can be a submissive and still like to top in certain activities. And it's all valid. It's all valid. You are valid. We are all valid. Valid. Okay. I did not rant. No, you didn't. I think it's because I'm getting a sore throat. Uh -oh. Okay, so I did what I called a miscellaneous one, uh -huh. which is just the stuff that came to mind. And I know somebody is waiting for me to say something about this. So let's keep it at the top. Okay. This is the myth, and we all know that we have heard it the other way too, but this is the most common myth that I hear. And that is all caregiver little dynamics. Mommy little, daddy little, blah blah little, however, mm -hmm. however you do it. Caregiver little. They, the myth is that they all involve age play. Thank God they do not. Thank God that's not true because right? I am so not into age play. If you are into age play and it's consensual, go for it. Do your thing. Mm -hmm. I support your ability to do what fulfills you. Yeah. Um, but for all my folks out there who, and I was like this, okay, I believe I had this misconception too, who the first time you ever heard about and you the most common phrase you hear it is DDLG or daddy dom little girl, which is clearly mm. not the only way to do that. That's why we say care of a little. Um, if you were like me and kind of did that whole body shudder because you were thinking age play and you were also thinking I'm not into age play, let me reiterate, there's nothing wrong with age play, but hard limits are hard limits. There are things we won't all do. And that was my reaction because I won't do it. Um, we're wrong. I, I was wrong. I. It took months for me to go, actually, I think I'm a baby girl because I had those misconceptions. I talk to people all the time who are like, I think my partner definitely has a caregiver kind of vibe about them as a dominant, but the, the whole caregiver little thing really squicks them out because they're thinking of age play. And it's yeah. like, and that's why we have to have these conversations about mm. it can involve age play. And I, um, and, and it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to, right. And it even in the, for people where it does involve age play, that's a spectrum from a little bit to a lot, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and there, it's a whole community. It's a whole thing you can get into. I know Facebook has a shit ton of secret groups. I'm pretty sure FetLife probably has several, like anywhere Kingsters are, yeah. you, you can find people um, who are into that, le whatever level of it you might be into. But also it goes the other way you can have a caregiver little dynamic and it has nothing to do with age. 
nothing to do with age at all. So that I do remember, and that is the one that I still sometimes have to battle. Like we've talked about this before in past episodes where, you know, somebody was like, I can't understand how anybody could call their partner daddy. And I'm over yeah. there like, I call my partner daddy. Let's talk about this, right? I'm a lot, I'm a lot more, uh, I'd say, brave and forward with my opinions and in local community king groups, I, I would hold court on that topic right now. I'd be mean, like, let me tell you why it is okay that I call my partner daddy. Um, <laughs> they would be very tired of me by the end of that <laughs> meeting. Uh, maybe it's a good thing we can't do in-person local things right now. Um, but at the time, the first time I heard it, it did make me uncomfortable. I was like, oh, there's that misconception again. And I was annoyed, mm. but I wasn't strong enough to say something. And I don't think everybody has to always say something just because whatever but who i am now i would totally have been like bitch please let's have this conversation um so yeah that is a common one um and i let me just because i don't i don't want to offend the people who are into age play because even though it's definitely not my thing i don't i don't care what other people do as long as they're happy and it's consensual and and they communicate like i don't care go for it do your thing it doesn't have to be my thing for it to be valid there i said that um oh here's one here's one and i have gotten so many emails with some version of this line Mm. in it i have seen so many tweets i've read so many articles i think i might have even said it at one point early on in life here we go misconception myth i shouldn't have to tell my dominant anything they should just know I hate to tell you this, baby girl. I I took Psychic 101, and I failed the class. But clearly you didn't foresee that you would have failed that class, huh? No. no, Yeah, if I I knew that, I wouldn't. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. And I know it tends to happen. I tend to see it most when people are in the middle of sub-frenzy. Sub-frenzy is strong, y'all. Sub-frenzy is so Mm. strong. Um, It can feel like, especially if the person you're with is a really good communicator and asks really good questions um, and listens really well, it can feel like you're with a partner who just knows what you're thinking. They just sort of get you. Um, If you're paying attention and maybe as you get more experience, you'll start to notice that it's probably because they pay attention, they're really observant and they ask good questions and they listen. But first of all, we're all adults here nobody should just know anything i don't have tolerance or patience for that in any walk of life anymore i'm firmly on the use your grown-up words and fucking say what's on your mind as difficult as it is and i'm one who does not always say what's on my mind and silence is sometimes a better part of valor but um (laughs) in general when we are navigating a power exchange relationship especially um it's a skill It is not always an easy skill to develop. There's a lot of things from our own past we have to unlearn and overcome. But Mm -hmm. no, communication is required. Your partner, especially dominant, but either side of the slash is not a mind reader. Um, If you're not willing to say the thing that you want, then you don't, you shouldn't expect to get the thing that you want. Um, The same is true for saying, I don't like that. I don't want that. I don't appreciate that now. We talk an awful lot about how in scenes and in in kinky fuckery, the dom or top does need to check in and ask the questions. But at the same time, a submissive and bottom has just as much responsibility to one, answer those questions and to to advocate on behalf of yourself. 
Is it difficult at first? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Does it get easier the more you do it? Yes. <laughs> um, all these years on, I sometimes still struggle. You know, nobody's sure. ever perfect at it. But if you walk through life thinking that your dominant is just supposed to magically know what you want, you get to be miserable through this power exchange yeah. thing because it just don't work that way. And that's true. There are there are times you 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 are much better than you used to be in the beginning. Um, used to be in the beginning, you couldn't tell me anything. I used to have to tell, have you write things. Yes, I, I, and and that that is always my go-to tip for anybody. You don't have to be a writer for that one. If you no. if you f struggle to physically say the words, type or write them, um, don't try to edit yourself. And you woke up many when we were long distance. You woke up many a morning to very long emails. Yes, I did. And Both. then <laughs> <laughs> I am a writer, just for the record. And also, <laughs> even after we moved in together, yeah. first couple of arguments, like real solid arguments, we had. I couldn't verbalize what I needed to say. No. And I didn't feel like I was being heard. And I don't think it was that I wasn't being heard. I think that was some of my own baggage from previous relationships and past mm -hmm. experiences. And you woke up, because you still to this day wake up before I do, you woke up to like handwritten notebook yes. pages, front and back, multiple pages. Now, why mm -hmm. I didn't just email your ass? I don't know, but- And there were times you did that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We do what we have to do. Yeah. Um, Whatever way you communicate your thoughts, your feelings, your needs is fine. Um, we talk a lot about verbal communication, but sometimes right. it's just not possible. Sometimes you don't have those skills yet. Sometimes you that's just not how you communicate in, easily in general. Um, and it is a sort of a lifelong thing. I still sometimes struggle, um, but you have to do it. The other side of that mm -hmm. is you also have to listen. Yeah. Both both sides of the slash there. Everybody needs to be listening, mm -hmm. listening, because it's not just about hearing yourself speak. <laughs> Conversation is not just talking. It is mm -hmm. actively listening. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. But we have many, 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 many episodes on communication. Mm -hmm. Many episodes. Um, here's another one. And it's funny how... We're almost to the hour point of when this actually started. So, hey, we're kind of close. We're getting there. Okay. Eh, it's going to be over an hour, but we all knew that. Everybody laughed when I said an hour. It's fine. So here's what's funny about myths and misconceptions. Mm -hmm. They There can be two myths, equally wrong, that are the exact opposite of one another. Uh, but people can believe it with their whole heart. And it depends on who is, who is putting the misconception mm -hmm. out there. So here are two. They're all, it's all wrong. But here are two. Women are always the dominant one, which that's laughable. Men are always dominant. Let's break this down. First of all, that's really cis normative. Like, first of all, when people say that, what they mean, what they almost always mean are cisgender women and cisgender men. Well, where does everybody else fit in? First of all. Second of all, how can both those things be true? <laughs> If women are always dominant, which we know is not true, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how can then the, in the next breath, the next myth be that men are always dominant? And it's actually, it's funny because it's not, most times I hear it, it's not that they are, it's that they should be. Or in pop culture media, they always are. So clearly that must be true because none of us have ever heard of our, our TVs and media and social media lying to us, but whatever. Um, <laughs> We all know that this is not true, um, other than the the 
faceless assholes on social media who are like, well, I know that in real DS, the man is blah de blah and the submissive she is yada yada. <sighs> okay, just, uh, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They are performing a really limited fantasy of what they think BDSM is. That is all yes. they're doing. Yes. <laughs> that is all they're doing. Um, but at the same time, I absolutely hear things like, well, women should always be dominant because that's the feminist thing. And that submission is somehow not feminist. We've had those conversations in the past. You know, I fundamentally disagree with that. The most feminist thing I do is choose every day the life I'm going mm -hmm. to lead that's fulfilling to me and not do what the rest of society seems to expect from me, especially since the rest of society can't make up its own damn mind. If I was trying to keep up with society's expectations, Ooh. I wouldn't be doing anything because- You'd just be spinning in circles. Exactly. So when you come across those people who want to tell you what should be true and is true because of their limited experience, maybe maybe give them, give them a little, little room back away unfollow and mute is quite frankly my favorite thing to do these days um because we know that's not, we know that's not true it is very easy to get sucked into the it is true for me and so i talk about it like this is the only way um not this is my experience and that's how i view it but like this is what dominance means to me because this is my experience of it without sometimes remembering that there are wider spectrums of the experience. Um, so yeah, I had to throw that one in, especially since they can't both, they're clearly both untrue for lots of reasons, yeah. but since they both can't be true at the same time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're yeah, false. <laughs> um, oh, this one, we're gonna end on this one. Okay, yeah, That's Because I did just do a written interview with somebody um, for an article they were writing, and this is all they wanted to talk about, and I was like sliding in with the, that's not actually how this all works. <laughs> um, misconception, myth, however you wanna call it, in order to call yourself kinky and to be a quote, real kinkster, you need to have some wardrobe of fetish gear, leather, latex, something, something black usually, maybe red. Some of us can get away with purple. It's gotta be, you know, it's gotta be leather or latex or something. There should be some harnesses involved. Um, always, always, always. So what am I gonna do with all the fetish gear now? <laughs> you know, I already bring fetish gear. Uh, as I, we have, you have reminded me a couple times in the sexiest way possible. And as conversations we've had in multiple places, you are no less dominant when you're wearing one, nothing, which is as sexy as it sounds. Um, but two, when you're wearing PJ pants and slippers, <laughs> still, still kinky, still dominant. We have done, I can still spank your ass. Right. We have done some serious kinky fuckery with me mm -hmm. in some like, uh, cotton PJs. <laughs> yeah. And you wearing a bathrobe. <laughs> if you like having the clothing, and I have some things I would like one day to maybe own that I I think I would enjoy wearing. Um, maybe when I go to the club, when you can go to a club again. Um, I, there's nothing wrong with it, but, and I can also understand the, the f mindset and feeling you can get into when you slip on maybe your favorite outfit. Like there was a time for a while, I was when I could still fit into it. Uh, I had a pleather little skirt that was, oh, mini, mini, mini. Mm. The, the ass cheeks were definitely hanging out of it and a see-through top. And it was, it made me feel like, I don't know, it made me feel sexy, but it also made me feel a little dangerous. It made me feel like, oh my God, I was living on the edge of life. 
Um, because I never did go to a club when I was in my 20s to dress like that. So I had to do it in my 30s. <laughs> go to the kink club. Um, and there is absolutely something to be said for putting on a special outfit or a special article of clothing and getting into a mindset and how it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. um, and I have some things in my mind that I definitely want to one day own and definitely wear in some aspect of my life as Kayla Lords. Okay, either talking about kink or doing kink. But none of that's required. You are no mm -hmm. more or less kinky because of the wardrobe you have. And quite frankly, there are some people who know, we talked about this a little bit ago, they know how to perform BDSM and kink. They know how to wear certain things. They know how to use certain terminology. Mm -hmm. And it's very much um, sort of a straw man kind of thing. Like it's very empty. It's just the outward shell and you probe a little bit and they don't know shit, right? All they know how to do is spout out these mm -hmm. misconceptions and myths and quote truisms that with a little bit of, you know, thought and a little bit of your own life experience applied, you're like, wait, that's not true. That can't possibly be true. Um, and there are people who think that what you're wearing is what indicates your kinky. No different than, and this would be a good misconception, even though it's definitely not a myth, but it's definitely a misconception that in order to be a submissive, you have to be collared and you have to be wearing a collar and oh, that collar has to go around your neck. That's not true. Not in any way, shape or form. Um, mm -hmm. If that's what you want, and a lot of people do, more power to you, go for it. There are so many options out there. I love having something around my neck. I, y'all know me, I grab for it, I play with it. Um, I know I feel naked without it, but I'm no less submissive if I don't have it right. either. So it's one of those things where something is tr maybe true for you and it's not true for everybody else and both are, both are true at the same time. This thing is right for you and it's wrong for somebody else. And we just have to remember that. But yes, I did, I did a, a written interview and it was about BDSM and King and like half the questions were like, well, what do you wear to feel kinky? Like lady? I wear my PJ pants and I know I'm kinky. It's not, <laughs> the clothes don't make the kink all the time, no. you know, not for me anyway. Um, but that was, I'm, I hope that, I hope well, we actually just like the, interview. you know, the, the, the misconception that are brought across in especially erotica and, and a lot of images, the dominant has to wear a suit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do like you in a suit. You are dead sexy in a suit. Mm -hmm. I, of any gender, I've never, I mean, somebody wearing a suit, I don't care, I don't care. I don't care what their gender is. That is sexy to me, mm -hmm. but that's a personal preference one. And also you are no more or less dominant in a suit than out of a suit. But that's why that's, that's it becomes performative. And some people really yeah. like that. When some mm -hmm. people are doing a scene, they will wear specific clothes for that scene yes. to help them get in the mindset. And that is also legitimate. And we have done that before. Sure we we have. absolutely have done that before, but it's not one of those things that then if we don't have the right clothes, we are prevented from expressing our mm -hmm. kinky selves or that it makes us somehow less kinky. Certainly my little pleather skirt that right now would only fit on one thigh. Let's just be very real. <laughs> mm. I don't know if I even have it anymore. I think I gave that up and was like, you're not gonna put this back on your body. Um, that, I mean, it certainly made me feel a way and mostly that I wanted to tug the back of my skirt. <laughs> and I definitely felt very submissive wearing it because I was wearing it only because you wanted me to because I kept going, you know, my ass is hanging out of this, right? You know, my ass, we're out in public. You know, my ass is hanging out of this. But yeah, it's not, for us especially, it's just not 
necessary. Right. And I, and I so I think that the closing, the parting shot to this is just to, when you hear something coming from somebody else, from anybody, y'all, from us, that is said with total certainty, you have to have this in order to do that, you know, just think very critically about that. We do have, we, I would say we have just the one thing we think is an absolute must. You have to have communication and you have to have mm -hmm. consent. Once you've got those two things, and you know, I could then caveat that it needs to be full communication. It needs to be both saying what's on your mind and listening. It needs to be asking, like we can get into the weeds ongoing on what that means. Ongoing communication. Ongoing communication. Just like consent needs to be ongoing, ongoing. consent. Right. It needs to be informed. There has to be conversation about what mm -hmm. the hell you're talking about. Enthusiastic, there's a there's a spectrum to enthusiasm um, from the jumping up and down, screeching yes <laughs> to the yeah sure why not I'm not, you know I'm not bothered if we do I'm not bothered if you don't it's fine right, right. Um, but like for us that's all we're ever gonna tell somebody um, but. It, even that you can drill down further and further because then there's sure. a conversation of safety and there's a conversation of, um, you know, consent, lack of consent to me inherently means lack of safety, but not everybody sees it that way because they're not yet in a headspace where they take consent that seriously. Um, they, or they, and that they take communication that seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, beyond the outside of that, <laughs> if you ever hear me say a thing that I definitely think this is always true, I might say it, I might mean it, I might continue to mean it. You get to take that statement and look at it critically and apply it to your life and go, but that doesn't fit. And if it doesn't fit, yeah, and yet you still have communication, you still have consent, everybody's safe and happy in your relationship, genuinely safe and happy, then ignore what the fuck I said and, and adapt what we say to work for you and ignore what doesn't work, you know? That's why I, I always feel like we're speaking in parentheticals. I'll go, I think this thing, and then I always have to come back for me, <laughs> in my That's opinion, true. because that is the truth of it. That yeah. is the truth of it. There's no single way to experience any of this, which is why these myths and misconceptions can be so damaging, especially to new people. Mm -hmm. People who question themselves because they don't fit a predetermined mold that who the fuck came up with it? Where did it come from? Right. Who's deciding these things? And then you go have a conversation with a completely different person and you hear the exact opposite, but yep. said with the same confidence, like mm -hmm. this is how it is. And you know, and it, again, two things that are opposite cannot both be true all the time. Yeah. Like <laughs> this doesn't work. <laughs> so right. I know there are a shit ton more myths and oh, misconceptions. Yeah. Um, I know that some things we probably called a misconception. Somebody feels strongly the other way. Um, okay. We, <laughs> I think we can agree to disagree <laughs> on some of that. Because remember what I said at the top, things that are true for you are not necessarily universal truths for everything. So that's why when you talk about your experience, it's important to, to frame it. And this is my experience. This is how I view it. And then to understand that in a year and five years and 10 years and 20 years, two relationships from now, the things that were definitely true for you now will not be true for you mm -hmm. again. So yep. that's yep. another part of it. So that I think is enough. Yeah. And we will do a bonus section. Yeah. Woohoo, look at us doing a bonus section. Mm. I know we got stuff to talk about in yeah. the bonus section. Are we good? <laughs> 
Pfft, fuck if I know. <laughs> Keep it kinky, y'all. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. We love you. We miss you. talk to the crickets yes baby girl Thank you, i'm Daddy. just gonna let you go ahead and talk i'm not even gonna you know try and stop you go ahead <laughs> i f- i feel like i feel like that's some passive aggressive bullshit right there. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's some real passive aggressive bullshit <laughs> I can't stop you, so why should no, I even I try? Say, I'm, I said I'm not going to try and stop you. Right, but that there's uh, there was some context and some hidden oh, meaning under there. Oh, okay, okay. So do we have an emoji of the week? Did I think of one? No, I did not think no, of I one. I didn't either. I didn't. No, I did not think of one. So now I have to go into my emoji. <laughs> <laughs> It's real life here, y'all. It's real life. Pick an emoji, any emoji. Um, ooh, 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 ooh. Huh? This one, I do not know what it is called, but I think everybody has seen it once, and it's the two eyes looking off to one side that you use when it's like, what the fuck? The what the fuck eyes is what I call them, because that's usually what I mean. Get side eye, maybe it's called side eye. Side eye. So, um, yes, if you would like to participate in the emoji of the week, especially since we're not going to have one for a couple of... Um, uh, weeks when we go on hiatus, that is the one. Because you know what? When I hear those myths, when I hear those misconceptions, that's the, those. That's what my eyes do. <laughs> totally given side eye at that point. Like, mm-hmm. look at that. Look at that mess over there. Is mm-hmm. <laughs> often what I'm thinking. Um, so yeah, that's our emoji of the week. And anybody who's like, what the fuck is this emoji of the week? If you're watching on YouTube live stream or later, leave it as a comment. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, if you're connected with us in any social media, you can DM us or you can tag us publicly, however you choose to do it. And if you don't do any of that, we do accept uh, the emojis via email and other forms mm-hmm. of DM. Um, I have absolutely opened up an email and it's just been like a string of the emoji of the week. <laughs> and every time I see it, I laugh my fucking ass off because I'm like, Yes. Also go out with the enthusiasm and give me 85 million versions of the same emoji. Cause that's how I do it. Um, and the live stream, yeah, is lighting up with all the, with all the eyes, um, all the side eye and there goes, uh, uh, JB's phone ringing. So I guess I'll just do the yeah. bonus section while you go handle business. So let me give you a rundown. Hello? of what's been happening. So yes, on Friday, April 24th, we closed on the house. It became ours. Um, if you participated in the Friday night live stream hangout, you got to hear some of the story behind all of that. I'm not going to go into all of that again because some people, many people have already heard that story. Um, it's, it's a good story. We will talk about it again in the future, I'm sure. Um, so uh, over the weekend, did we do anything over the weekend with the house? I, we went and got the carpet ordered. We did go and do that. Um, and basically on Saturday for JB, it's just started this rolling thing of he's basically at the house almost every day and I am never at the house. Um, painters came in starting Monday to start taking down wallpaper and start painting, blah, blah, blah. Um, we have had the carpet measured. I think I'm hoping that phone call is him getting the price and and figuring that all out. Um, 
we have the good, good internet already hooked up. That was supposed to happen this Friday when the podcast goes live. It actually happened on Wednesday. They had an opening. They got us in. Um, we've done pest control because this is Florida and bugs are a thing. Yep. Um, and so that has been done. Was that carpet person? What's this? You, I, I oh, I slid right the fuck and, over. And yeah, you yeah, take yeah. Over the whole oh, yeah. Desk? Sorry, podcast listeners. You cannot see how I just took my half out of the middle while he was gone. Girl. Um, was that uh, the carpet person? Yes. Okay. Do, do we have um? Do we have information? Can we now call the little dude back and schedule him? No, we know nothing. We know nothing. Okay, he says yeah. we know nothing. Um, let's see. You've been taking tools over. Yes. Um. What else? I went through the carpet in the pest control, and the painters are there. Mm-hmm. And the, we got the good, good internet. Yep. And that was the carpet person. Yeah. What else am I not saying? Lots of things. Lots of things. Basically, what has <laughs> happened, though, is he's <laughs> never home anymore because he's doing what he needs to do. I got really behind on work, and so I'm trying to play catch-up, and I'm very overwhelmed. And also, we're changing our address on everything. Yes. And, oh, we had to pay taxes for the first quarter of the year. Like, we got all kinds of stuff going on. So we knew we would take a hiatus the week of the move. I'll be back. Okay. I have to get something out of the car to check. Okay. We knew we were going to take a hiatus the week of, but we were like, oh my God, we have, we still haven't even packed up a box, y'all. And I pride myself on being a great packer. We've had these conversations in other live streams. Still haven't packed a single box. So yeah, we're going to hiatus. Um, oh, I don't think. I don't think I talked much about this at the top, but maybe I did and I've just blanked out. Uh, on YouTube, we did hit our totally arbitrary um, goal of 3,000 subscribers. So once we get moved in, we are going to do a totally random, we don't know what it's going to be about. We're not sure exactly what day. We don't know how long it'll last live stream. So that is happening. Um, yeah, the the business internet connection, I am... I'm worried on the business internet connection because I keep calling it the good, good internet. And I could see Silent Wing in the live stream chats like, yeah, we're still going to have to deal with crappy internet. Um, Y'all, Silent Wing does. Um, I I am terrified that I have um, pumped up what this internet connection is capable of in my head and that the reality will be a disappointment. I'm like, I'm so excited for this business internet connection that's going to be faster and better. And what what if it sucks? I'm moving out of the way for you. That's what you get for getting up and leaving me. I make myself at home. I'm very comfortable. I see that. Um, yeah. You counted uh, outlet covers and switches, so we yes. can change those out. Right. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, like it's all boring house stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. and um where i've been doing a lot of work a lot a lot of work which is good because mm-hmm. i like money um anything else <laughs> no. mm-hmm. that, that's been about it i think probably the biggest because i don't remember when you made this decision i think it was over the weekend instead of setting up your full shop in the garage you actually are going to use I'm, I'm going to use the, the shed. Yes. Shed. There's a shed. Yep. So we will kind of have a garage that functions kind right. of as a garage. I'm, I'm going to, um, there is electric already in the shed, which is good. 
and um, I'm going to bring my lathe and messy tools in the in the shed mm -hmm. and work those tools in there and the um, garage I'm still going to have a, a space there but that is going to be limited to um, uh, finishing, buffing, and doing the acrylic casting. The cleaner stuff. The cleaner stuff. Stuff that doesn't yes. make a big mess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we are, yeah, we're just working through the plan. We made the plan, now we're working through the plan. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it's going. Yep, yep. Um, and I, I've kind of been, we talked about a little bit about it last night. I brought it up. I've kind of been in my mind. Um, um, how to set up the office. Yeah, there's still like, there's <laughs> so much conversation on that. Yeah. It's almost like we have too much space for the office. So mm -hmm. it's like, but we could do this, but we could do that, but we could do this, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and I, <laughs> so I didn't go through the whole story of what we talked about Friday night at the live stream hangout, but one of the details is the person who sold their home to us is now our neighbor. Yeah. Um, it's a love story, uh, a widower married, um, living next to a widow, somebody had to move, we got to buy the house. And so now the former owner is our neighbor. What has been interesting, and I kind of suspected this kind of stuff would start happening, very friendly, right? I still yeah, haven't yeah. met them, I'm happy with that, thank you, I don't, I, stranger danger. But what has been happening, because you keep coming home and telling me this, is every time there's like a new some service person who shows up, like the carpet guy, the this, the that, then there's a conversation like the next day of, Oh, are you, like talking about the tree. We have this beautiful tree in the front yard. Yeah, there, there's a gorgeous, gorgeous tree. It uh, needs laurel, to stay laurel oak because it's it's good shade mm -hmm. on that side of the house. It does need to be trimmed. First question: Are you going to keep the tree? It's like if you didn't live next door, you would have no idea what we're going to do. Right. But actually, yes, we are. But why are you asking? Then the carpet guy comes, and you said the the next conversation was. You're not going to take up the hardwood floors, are you? And carpet the whole house, are you? It's like, no, no. But also, <laughs> could you yeah. stop asking what we're doing inside our house? You, I, I get, like, I get it. And I think some of us who have sold houses before would love to kind of have that insight and be able to ask those questions. But as as the owner, it's a little yeah. bit like I'm going to need you to back the fuck up. Like, <laughs> like what happens the day we go, actually, yes, we are going to do that thing that she really hopes we're not going to do. Right. Or like, I know what I would do. I would, I would smile and nod and let a person think what they wanted to think because I don't want to actually have the conversation with a near stranger because mm -hmm. I don't care enough. Um, you are different. You would be like, actually, I'm going to break it to you. And the next thing you know, you're doing a counseling session for you with your neighbor because it's something you were doing with our house that they used to own. Like, I am not going to live that life. I'm not going to live that life. Not living that life. So, yeah. 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 I mean, it, everything's just... It's one of those things that everything's happening mm -hmm. in the way that we kind of had hoped it would happen, yes. which is great. Also, we have to let things play out on their at their natural pace and schedule. But also, now that we're in the middle of it, it's all taking for fucking ever. And Seems I really like, need it yeah. to speed the fuck up. Like, what is killing me the most right now is I am ready to be working from the new office. But in order to be working from the new office, many things have, have happened that have not happened. The paint has to be done. The carpet has to be done. All the furniture has to be moved. And we have to figure out how we're going to configure everything. Right. 
And in my mind, when I say working from the new office, it's not just sitting at the desk and typing on my laptop, which yes, but it's also, I'm already envisioning, but how are we going to set up our recording area? Am I going to be able to, are we going to be able to do that? Is that going to take time? How much time is it going to take to get all of that set up? Cause there's some new equipment we want to buy. What? And I just want it all to be done like yesterday. <laughs> I do like the fact that for Wednesday live streams, the next time we do one and you see us on a Wednesday, it'll be from the new office. It might not be the final setup that we're going to have, but it will be from the new office. That I am excited about. And folks, if you're still wondering why I've been spending so much time at the new house. <laughs> you know, I worked 10 hours. Thank you, Saki, for waiting till the bonus section to hack up along. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, I've been working 10 hour days. I haven't even been talking to you. We've been two ships passing the night and then just like passing out in bed not really we've neither of us have slept very well no and i i blame that on the world being on fire i don't think anybody yeah. you either sleep too much or you just don't sleep enough i think that's kind of most people's one version right. of or you, the go, other. You, go, you go from one to the other in some cases yeah so path girl you just said the p word yeah. i don't like the p word yes for podcast listeners path girl has pointed out that i'm going to need the worst thing ever to get through this and that is patience most of the time okay like when we were waiting for the closing to go down you were i was the anxious one and i was that. not yes. i was like yeah it's fine i don't have one habit i it's i I, it's I was tapping my feet when are we gonna hear something when are, gonna, when are we gonna get word when are they gonna contact us <sighs> And we're still married somehow, so, you know, clearly we can survive anything. Um, but now that we're at this stage, now it's flipped. You are very zen about it all. I'm like, but did you schedule the carpet guy yet? And you're like, because it's fine. I, because it's I, fine. I, I look at it as the fact that now it's ours. It is. It is. And it is. sliding into home base. It is ours. Yeah. It's very yeah. It's very nice that it's out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I every time we go over there, I just get such a good vibe. It's not even ready yet. There's so many things, that, little things that need to be changed and fixed and whatever. But it's like it's ours. Yeah. I'm definitely ready mm -hmm. to be in there. And Silent Wing, it, the the celebratory sparkling wine in the new house has not happened yet. Oh, but no, Silent Wing said spanking. Oh, spanking. That, that hasn't okay. happened yet either. Sorry, I can't. It's You're too far away from the stream. Too far away from the stream. You need new glasses. Yeah. There's been no uh, alcohol or uh, impact play. No, not yet. Yet. But, the, and here's what's hilarious. So for this live stream that we're doing right now, podcast listeners mm -hmm. from the recording part of this, in order to do this, everybody has to like turn off everything for us to have enough bandwidth. Right. And the kids just keep looking at me like, oh, come on. And I said, well, first of all, this is last Wednesday till after we get moved. We're going to do this in the middle of the day. And they cheered. And then <laughs> there's only, I think, two more Fridays that will do the live stream evening hangout. Mm -hmm. And that only affects the oldest kid. So like every time I'm like, but wait, when we're in the new house and we have, um, you know, we have an office, you won't have to deal with this. And they like, every time they're getting, they're getting more excited. Yes. Like they kind of care about their rooms. They've seen their rooms. They're like, Oh yeah, it's my room. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. They're not getting too attached. Cause like the carpet's about to change and the wall colors about to change. They're like, oh, okay. That's that empty box like space. Yeah, yeah that's mine. Um, but when I'm telling them that we will inconvenient them less often after the move, they're very excited. Yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And I'm okay with that. It's fine. And uh, I, I am hoping, at least, that by this weekend, 
one of those two things will have happened in the new house. Alcohol or a spanking? Yes. I would have to finally get the fuck out from behind my computer. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm working on it. I'm totally working I know on that. it. So and, uh, the other yeah. thing that I, I happened with me this week is I got my motorcycle back together. That's right. That's right. Um, have that, you heard from? No, I've not. Okay. I'm I'm letting him just do his do, work. Do do what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, got the bike all back together, and um, I got it into the shop. They are going to um, uh, flush the carburetor and uh, do an oil change for me and also flush the coolant system. Yeah, they're gonna do the stuff. And then yeah. you're gonna have a working bike again. Yep. Yeah. Which just means I'm gonna have to get my shit together so I can ride on the back of said bike. <laughs> so, yeah, and maybe one Sorry. day when I grow up I can have my own helmet. Yes, yeah. I am the submissive to JB's daddy dom. I am the wife to the man. I am the back the what would he call it? I'm the rider on the bike whatever yeah. I'm the second person I'm all those things I'm the light of his life the wind beneath his wings do not have my own fucking motorcycle helmet and nothing nothing with any purple on it no. nothing she's, she's got the uh, passed down helmet from me I know, and I look like, if you can imagine the kind of silliest, goofiest little somebody riding on the back of a motorcycle or even a moped and they've got their big old head out and they're like, do, 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 do. Yeah, that's what I look like. Hmm. I want my cool, I also don't have a leather jacket that will zip over my boobs. <laughs> that's right up there with the pleather skirt that was never fitting yeah, over both thighs yeah, again. <laughs> well, you know, Phoenix, it's it's a funny thing. When I when I used to have my lawn business years ago, I would work on the mowers. I, I did a lot of work on, on my mowers. When it came to carburetors, I am a disaster. I, I carburetor carburetors and I do not get along mm. in any way, shape, or form. I will do a lot of things, but when it comes to doing carburetor work, I will pass it off to to a mechanic. Yeah, I don't do any of it, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, that's very dirty over there. How much should, uh, are you charging me for this? Let's just let me just pay you. <laughs> 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 let me just pay for good work. Thank you. We uh we we did um just prior to this when we were when we were in the beginning process of getting the motorcycle fixed, uh, starting this stuff, um, we did find a, a helmet. It was too small for my head, well, <laughs> but he it was did, the right design. It, it was the right it design, the right and design. he did say he could was, get one in the in whatever was, size you need. It had it was a black helmet with purple swirlies and I think a butterfly, or was it a fairy? Because I've tried on two. I've tried on one that had a fairy on it, and I've tried on one that had a butterfly. Yeah, it was purple swirlies and a little little, little sparkle in there. There's a little mm-hmm. glitter in there. I was like, yes. The one the one thing that when when I was talking to the, the, the motorcycle mechanic and he started saying about um, ethanol gas mm-hmm. and I was like nope stop right there I said when I bought the bike the guy who owned the bike prior to me never ran non-ethanol gas in there one of the first things I had to do on that bike was have the carburetor redone and all the seals oh, wow. replaced I didn't realize that yeah and I said since that day that that I have owned that bike, I have only run non-ethanol gas in it. And he and, liked and, you. And he was like, 
Wow, that's great. <laughs> You, you've made the motorcycle mechanic happy. Yeah. Is that your version of a good boy? I guess. You know, I would never give you a good boy. That would be just fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> would you even accept that from me? Would you accept that from anybody? Inquiring minds want to know. Hmm. Are you a gold star kind of person? If it's towards a Starbucks drink... <laughs> I'm going to hoard those things like Schmaug hoards gold. Uh, no, but I mean the re the reward kind of thing. The little A for effort. The little here's here's a smiley face sticker at the top of your worksheet when you were in school. Mm, no, that doesn't really do it for me. Mm. But you seemed inordinately pleased that you got the praise of your motorcycle From mechanic. From the mechanic? Oh, hell yeah. So is that your version of a smiley face? Fist bump oh. or back smack? Yeah, I guess. I wonder about that. Okay. I have thoughts. I have questions. I have questions. But we have been doing this for a while now. And the yeah. children would probably like to be let out of their yeah. room. So I will recap. And i got to get back to the other place. Yes. And I've got questions about your phone call. So just to recap. What phone call? Stop. We're going on a two-week podcast live stream hiatus. Yes. But the mini podcast episodes will still come out. The YouTube live streams on Friday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern will still come out. All the information, if you subscribe to our newsletter, which we will not have a newsletter after the current week that we're mm -hmm. in. Um, because, I'm, you know, it's usually in there, except for two weeks it will not be in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm a complex human being. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm full of inconsistencies. Um, and at some point there will be a random... I don't know what it'll be about. I don't know what we'll do, but we'll do this celebratory live stream on YouTube for our arbitrary subscriber goal. So there's a lot that's coming. It's just, we need some time to like get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for us. Mm -hmm. Um, we, and no silent wing silent wing two said happy packing. Is there such a thing? No, but it is a means to an end. Yes, it and is. And if we pack up the boxes, then the boxes can be moved. Then we can unpack them. Then we, that means they're in our new house. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go, you will still mm -hmm. see us around, just not in yep. this form for two weeks. And we love you guys. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see if you watch us on the YouTube live stream, hangout. We will see you Friday night. If not, mm -hmm. we will talk at you next Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.